So let's go to the Word of God uh, for our Lifeline lesson, 184 tonight. Title of this lesson is Lessons from the Cave. Lessons from the Cave. First Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2, and Psalms 57. First um, Samuel 22 says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adjulam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. David escaped. He hid in the cave at Adjulam. And then Psalms 57, just maybe verse uh, 1. Listen to what it says. Psalm 57. Hallelujah. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. For in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Lessons from the cave. Let me encourage you to read a psalm a day. A psalm a day will keep the devil away. The devil, that old thief, comes to rob us of our strength, steal our joy, and kill our effectiveness as a believer. But Jesus, who is all in the psalms, declares, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Have more abundant life. Not necessarily more things, but a victory way to handle the things that happened to us in life. So read a psalm a day. There is a psalm for every life situation. Uh, today's is one for the cave moments of life. Cave, speak of those situations where we're backed into a corner. Cave, dark, dreary. Cave, cold, confining. Cave, when you feel lonely, when you feel betrayed, abandoned, cave moment is when you're zapped of your spiritual focus. Uh, Psalm 57 coincides with an episode in David's life when he's hiding in a cave at Agilom. The word Agilom means refuge. First uh, Samuel 22. At the moment he's in the cave, all he feels is despair. Saul is after him. Saul's pursuit 
push David to lying to the priest and pretending to be a madman for Samuel 21. But now he's hiding in a cave. I know what you're saying. I thought David was anointed. Why is he running? Why is he uh, lying to the preacher? Why is he pretending to be crazy? Well, I think I need to remind us that the anointed are not perfect. They are progressing. The anointed still have moments when the fear and the flesh overtake faith. So Psalm 57 is really David's shout when he comes out of the cave. And let me share just a few takeaways. Uh, Number one, God is never in a hurry to get us to our destined place. David got his anointing, but he has not gotten his appointing to the throne. David has been... um, Selected, but he has not been seated yet. The time in between was needed for character development and spiritual maturity. The Lord would be unwise, as some of us are, giving keys to our kids and giving them credit cards uh, before they learn to appreciate and show some degree of responsibility. Our kids and grandchildren aren't worth a quarter. Why? We made them that way. We give them every gadget at their beck and command. They never have to wait for anything. They demand everything and get it. We don't instill good work ethics in them. Consequently, when they have to face the realities of life, they either are ill-prepared or seek an easy, quick way to self-gratification. Unfortunately, some choose the illegal route. We set them up for failure. Sometimes it's okay to tell them to wait a while, to tell them no or even to flip burgers at McDonald's. Likewise, God's waiting time is for our good. He's not in a hurry to get us to our destined place. Number two, God is not obligated to fill us in on details. Of course, he's Alpha and Omega and everything in between. Only 
one person knew when God, excuse me, only one, God was the only person who knew when David would ascend to kingship, when his running days from Saul would come to an end. God doesn't need us to keep track of him. He needs us to trust him. If the Lord would give us the details of our future, the reason for our present struggle, we'd be more focused on the details than the divine. God wants us to trust him. You just finished a whirlwind summer flying all over the globe. A few years ago, I flew to Johannesburg, South Africa, 19 hours. You flew 12 hours the other day from Greece. You flew nine hours from London. You flew four hours from L.A., three hours from Miami, or just one hour from Kansas City. You didn't know the navigation uh, route. You didn't go into the cockpit and, de and demand a briefing. Uh, you just had a surgical procedure. You didn't ask the anesthesiologist what levels of anesthesia and the techniques of his monitoring, nor did you insist the surgeon to tell you the particulars after he made the incision. You trusted them to have your best welfare and interests at heart. So why do we put so many demands on the Lord? Let God work out the details. He already has them in your flight plan and on your healing chart. Hallelujah. So that's the second takeaway. God is not obligated to fill us in on details. Let me see. Number one, God is never in a hurry to get us to our destined place. Number two, God is not obligated to fill us in on details. Number three, there are lessons in the cave uh, will not get uh, anywhere else. Now, in the cave, God has David at a place of learning deeper lessons of dependency upon him. It turns out to be David's prayer closet. Uh, the late great preacher from the Tabernacle Church in London, England, Charles Haddon Spurgeon says, and I quote, had David prayed as much in his palace as he had in his cave, he might never have fallen into the act which brought such misery upon his latter days. End of quote. What do you have or who do you have but God when you're in your cave? It's 
dark, it's dreary, it's cold, it's confining. Who's with us in those moments but the Lord? Know this, my brothers and sisters. You are right where God wants you to be for the moment. So never say, God has forgotten about me. He doesn't know what I'm going through. But always say, Lord, I'm in this fix, and you have to fix it and fix me. So Psalm 57 is the declaration that David got while he was in his cave. He got his fix. He literally says, I'll stay in here. I'll stay in you until this has passed. Children of God, whatever your cave you're coming out. It too shall pass. Listen again. David says, I'll take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Hallelujah. And lo and behold, when David comes out of the cave, he has a whole army of men waiting for him when he comes out. If he was of the mindset that he was an exclusive, all-alone fella, uh, he would have uh, discouraged them. But when he comes out, he looks into the face of 400 men who've been down on their luck, so to speak, and they need a model. They choose him. I'm just thinking out loud now, children of God. Could there be some person or persons waiting for you to come out of your cave so they can draw from the experiences with God that you had in your cave? Don't shortchange your ministry. Don't cheat your calling. Don't deny what God has waiting for you. Had David never went in, he never would have had that blessing when he came out. Hallelujah. So those are some lessons from the cave. God is never in a hurry to get us to our destined place. Lesson number two, God is not obligated to fill us in on the details. Lesson number three, there's some things we learn in the cave we won't learn anywhere else. And maybe lesson number four, I'm right where I'm supposed to be for the moment because God has greater for me when I come out. That's the lesson uh, for tonight. It's the word of faith, which I teach. Amen. Amen.